The content of the Think Dementia podcast is based on the individual opinion and experiences of Amy House and should not be used as or in place of medical care. Think Dementia recommends you consult a physician if you have medical concerns for yourself or a loved one. This disclaimer also extends to any guests or content creators of the show. And now, let's think dementia. Hey everyone, this is Amy House, and welcome to episode three of Think Dementia. Today has been going very well, having Lucy, my dachshund, down here with me. She's red and white and super duper cute. She's basically just getting by on her looks. She's kind of naughty in some ways, but she is doing a wonderful job of checking out my basement studio to make sure that there aren't any vermin here before I sit down and record, and it makes me feel really comfortable, so I hope you can hear it in my voice. She's currently under my sweatshirt. Dachshunds love to burrow, and so she has looked around the area, and after determining that there wasn't anything down here, she's crawled under my sweatshirt where it's nice and warm, and it's nice because she keeps me a little warm, too. I have had a busy week, as usual, when You work in my field, but I'm excited today to talk about Heather's question. And so let's get to her recording and unpack it. How do you start the conversation with your loved one about potentially needing to place them out of the home at some point? Thank you so much, Heather, for asking this question as it is the number two question that I get when I do any community education or for when I'm helping a family who is moving to dementia care, which is also known as a memory care community. And there are a lot of great reasons for someone to stay at home. And there are a lot of great reasons for someone to live in a memory care community. I feel very strongly about both areas and I would love to answer that question to another time. But to answer your question, When is it and how do you start the question of moving to a memory care community with your loved one? There are a few strategies that I always recommend. First of all, the Alzheimer's Association had a wonderful training about starting difficult conversations, and I will put information about that in the show notes so that you can go and listen to that or see some materials about that. One of the things they recommend is making sure that you first start the conversation somewhere positive and comfortable, okay? So this probably isn't a conversation you want to start in the doctor's office or when somebody is kind of on you know, high alert or high anxiety in an unfamiliar place. Let's start the conversation in a place that they love to be in or during a positive interaction if the person you know, loves going out for coffee, picking it up, bringing it home and sitting there with their latte. Let's do that and and kind of set the tone for the conversation by starting off really positive. The other thing to consider is asking them a few questions to open the door. You may say something like, you know, mom, wife, sister, father, do you want to hear from me if I have any concerns about your health? Wow, that's a great question. And that will help get you the answer of, are they prepared to have this conversation right now? Are they in the mood for it, more importantly? 
Because if the answer is, no, I don't need you in my business and you can just go home right now, this is not the time to have the conversation. You got to step back to number one and try to plan out a different time and place and activity to do this conversation. But if they open up the door and say, well, yeah, of course, if, if you had a concern, honey, I want to know. Now you have permission to start talking about it. First, I recommend that you refer to a person of authority, perhaps the doctor, maybe it's um, a relative that they look up to or someone that they've just always been really good with taking advice from. If there's a way to put the blame of this situation on someone else, you should do it because number one is that you're always on their side. And so if you can say something along the lines of, well, the doctor thinks that it's time to start looking at a place that can provide some more care for you and a place that has more activities and that there's people around to help 24-7. That takes the blame off of you. And you can say, I know I don't like this either, but it does sound like a good idea. And I think the doctor knows what he's talking about or what she's talking about. That can, again, make it that you're on their side. We're just going through this because it's something somebody who is authoritative and knowledgeable about this has said we should look into. That is the first thing I recommend doing. The next thing I recommend doing is talking about moving to a memory care community as non-permanent. No one wants to think that their entire life is going to be uplifted and moved somewhere and that they're going to be there the rest of their lives. That is really a, a, a very hard thing to think about for anyone, and especially if you're living with dementia. So let's talk about this as a non-permanent move. Something that we want to try out. Just try out for a little bit. If you could just stay there for one month or two weeks to see how it is and see how it goes for you know your care partner with being there and visiting you and, and helping in other ways, let's see how it goes for that month. And at the end of it, I really want to hear your opinion because this is important. I want you to be somewhere where you're happy and that you feel like you're cared for and that you we're doing this together. So your your input is what matters most. After a month, let's sit down and talk about it. You are not promising the person that they will move back home in a month because that is a promise you may not be able to keep. But you definitely can keep the promise of We'll sit down together as a family and talk about it because your opinion matters most. And it really does. We want to make sure that this person is feeling like they are part of this or you are going to have that power struggle and they are going to be upset with you. And I know that's not what anybody wants. Another thing I just want to share is that if you go to uh, Think Dash Dementia on Facebook, I recently posted a little uh, do and do not for when somebody is moving to a memory care community. And one of the things that I recommend is including them in the process of going to the memory care and seeing the memory care. They may not remember it. And you might feel like, wow, this was, you know, they don't even remember that we were there. And I don't know how this is. But 
including them and having them come to one or two places that you've narrowed down can be really helpful just to see their reaction, just to see what they think and help you sort of plan ahead and problem solve before the move to try and get ahead of some of those concerns that the person has. And again, nobody wants to hear, we're moving you here because you have dementia or we're moving you here because you have Alzheimer's. No one wants to hear that. So again, this is a place where there are more activities to do. There are more people who are here 24 hours a day to help you. Someone is here if you wake up in the middle of the night and you need something. And I think we should just try this for a month, just just for a short amount of time, because I think it could be really helpful. And we're going to be here. We'll visit you, you know, insert the number of times you can visit them. And, you know, we're going to still be a family. And this is really important to me that you feel okay about this. It's not the best situation. It is not what any of us wanted, but I just want to see if we can make the best of it. One of the do nots that I listed on that post on Facebook was do not drop the person off the morning of the move-in without telling them anything about it. That becomes a situation that I've seen many times where not only is the person emotional and upset about this move because no matter how happy they are or if there's somebody who just loves the place and loves activities and meets a wonderful resident and staff and it just seems like it's going to be a great hit, even if they're in that state of mind, it's still emotional. It's This is still tough when you move. So if you have those emotions going on and then add to it the surprise, you're going to live here now, that is going to be a betrayal. And even though people with dementia may not remember what happened, they still remember how you made them feel. That's a different part of the brain. That's on that right side with the emotional connections. And they may remember that you are on their list and it is a short list and they will take out that anger on you. And again, I know that that is not your intention. You do not want the person to feel betrayed. So let's try and have them be part of it ahead of time. Maybe just visit the, you know, a few days before and tell them about the move. You might be hearing a lot of questions for a few days, but again, you've got some uh, idea of what you can say to those things now. And that morning too, that they know that this is happening. I also recommend setting up everything in advance. If you can have that apartment set up a few days before the move, That is really helpful so that they're not sitting there watching all the boxes come in and the things being set up and just it can be so anxiety provoking. So coming in and having things set up as close to possible as they were at home can make it just feel a lot better. Last, I just want to mention that everyone is unique and there are people that If family goes there and spends 10 hours a day, it's going to help them and it's going to make the person who is their care partner feel better about the move. But I kind of relate it to college. If mom goes with you to college, you're not going to make friends, right? You're going to miss out on all the fun stuff, all the shenanigans, and you're going to be spending the whole time with your mom. It's similar when someone moves into memory care. If a family member is there with them all the time, they're not going to go to the activities. They're not going to learn how to depend on other people. And that's really what we're trying to do here. We're trying to expand the team. We're trying to make it 
from, you know, two or three people to 10 people that you can count on, 10 people that you can go to when you're upset. And so if you're there all the time, it's going to be tough for them to start to rely on others to help them with things. That's just my last bit of advice. Everyone is unique. I know I've had families that do spend 12 hours a day with the person for a few weeks or months. And I've had other families that just are able to come back in three days because they are so exhausted and they just they need to sleep for three days. You can really just let the person know when you're going to be returning. Write that down for them so that they know they have not been forgotten and they have not been abandoned. That is really important. Call them, ask the staff to call you if they need to so that you can reassure the person. But do your best to set up a schedule of when you're going to visit so that they know when you're coming back. And again, that helps build trust with the staff there. We're able to say things like, yeah, you know what? Your wife is going to be here today at four o'clock. So, you know, let's go out to that activity. You have plenty of time for that now, too. Or come and help me with something. She's going to be here at four. We got time for both. And then that helps a person know that we're telling them the truth as well. And that is really important to not lie to somebody with dementia. Because if you get found out, you are now the enemy. And that can be a real struggle. I hope those tips were helpful. I will definitely put more of this information on my website. I think this is a really common topic and something that a lot of people have to think about if if that's going to be the best move for them. How do we present this? How do we talk about it? And thank you so much for your question. If anyone else would like to ask me a question or bring up even a little more detailed situation about a move and what happened or what you think might happen, I would love to unpack that as well. You can go to www.think-dementia.com and leave a recording with your message and we will talk about it on the podcast. Until then, take care.